from the perspective of being healed. I had an issue. Say that. Just say, I had an issue. I had an issue. I began this topic by talking about how in my book, Musings of the Spirit, it took, it took me a while to realize that it was 12 years from the time I first got the vision to the time of execution. It was 12 years. I didn't realize that and found that myself, me, little me, Harriet Gail Kamath, is referenced in the book. How could that be? I didn't realize that that story about the woman who had the issue of blood Maybe my issue wasn't an issue of blood. Maybe I didn't have periods that had long lasted. And in the name of Jesus, if that's your story, I pray for you right now that those fibroids and that issue that is causing that issue of blood where you have periods that just goes on and on in the name of Jesus are commanded to dry up right now in Jesus' name. That's what is protecting you and preventing you from being fertile. I command infertility to be seized right now in Jesus' name. So it produced a type of infertility in my life, wouldn't you say? It's, it, it, it is. Because during those years, I had to endure abject poverty. <laughs> I had to endure without love, abandonment, rejection. I had nothing, no thing with which to start this powerful ministry that God had given me. But I kept thinking if I could touch the hem of his garment. Oh my God, I'm getting revelation even now. If I could touch the hem of his garment, so I totally immersed myself in the scriptures. I totally immersed myself in the Bible. I totally, for 12 years, immersed myself in worshiping God, like to the extent of nothing else. I pursued nothing else. I didn't pursue a man. I didn't pursue marriage. I didn't pursue relationships. I pursued one thing. God was my focus. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, I would be healed. So often when we read the Bible, we read the Bible disconnectedly. We read the Bible as if that story is from another time. But I am encouraging you today that when you pick up the Bible, you're going to find that it's almost like watching CNN. If you ever read the book of Daniel, if you ever read the book of Revelation, but more importantly, when you pick up the book of Psalms, you find yourself and your story imprinted on those pages. If you think I'm passionate about it, it's because that's what happened to me. Yes, that's what happened to me. What happened to me was I found myself imprinted. So I want to read this story to you. I want to read this chapter to you so that we can see it and you can hear it for yourself. So I'm reading from Matthew chapter 9 verses 20 to 22 and it talks about the woman who had the issue of blood matthew chapter 9 verse 20 and here in the new king james version it says this it says that and let's start at verse 17 it says now nor do they put now what wine into old wineskins new wine into old wineskins or else the wineskins break the wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined but there put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. And it goes down into verse 20. And it says in verse 19, So Jesus arose and followed him. And so did his disciples. Check this out. Now listen, this is me. And this is you. And suddenly a woman, a woman, say woman, woman, out of the womb of man, woman, who had a flow of blood for 12 years, came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. And verse 21 says, For she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. 
And in verse 22, here's what happened. Check this out. And this is the power that comes from reading the word of God. But Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Now your faith has made you whole. And the woman was made well from that hour. In another translation, it says, Jesus said, who touched me? Because I perceive that virtue has gone out from me. Who touched you? Who gave you that issue? Who touched you? Yeah? Who told you that you couldn't be? Who was it who touched your life and used their words to change the course of your life? Who touched you? You were going along fine. You were just five years old. You were just six years old. Who touched you and changed the way that you look at things? Who touched you when you were 12 and told you you would never be anything? Who touched you? Who gave you that issue? This is why I say I had an issue. I had an issue. My issue was abandonment. My issue was rejection. My issue was poverty. I didn't have anything. I felt abandoned and left behind and rejected. And I kept telling myself that if I could just get close to Jesus, I was looking for somewhere that I felt like I could get close to Jesus. Notice, I didn't think a man was going to bring me close to Jesus. I tried that and it didn't work. So now I just wanted Jesus. I just wanted God in the fullness of his revelation. I just felt like if I touched God, if I kept doing what he said, if I could just reach him and worship him, then I would never have to go through what I went through. I would never have to survive that again. And I would never have to see my children walk through that. I had an issue. I had an issue with family. My family members had treated me badly. I had been molested from I was six years old when I was six years old by someone who was a family member, a trusted family member. I had an issue, wouldn't you say? I had an issue that needed to be solved. I had an issue with marrying somebody who didn't have the capacity to love me. But I couldn't see that. I was looking through it through blinded eyes. As the Bible says, it's like looking through an opaque mirror. I had an issue. I had an issue because suddenly now I was a single parent, a single mother, raising two children by myself, had no concept, did not want to repeat the generational story. But here I was trying to deal with it. I had an issue. I was an undocumented immigrant raising children by myself, totally abandoned by someone who said he would love me and take care of me, but you left me and the children. I had an issue. The only person who could solve my issue is God. I knew that deep within myself. I knew that if I went to another man, I would only be repeating the cycle. So often that's what we do. We don't realize it, but we're repeating the cycle. We, we tried it this way and it didn't work. We tried it with this guy over here and it didn't work. So we start one with another guy and it, it doesn't work. And we start, I, I just said that was enough. I said, I'm going to try God. So for 12 years, God spoke and beat down on me, convincing me of his love for me, convincing me that he, God Almighty, loved me enough and he was going to show me. But he had to get what? Those issues out of me. Because see, the issues became the message. Sometimes God will just take your mess and make it a message. But I couldn't see that. All I focused on was what? The issue. How am I going to get out of this? How am I? The question isn't the how. The question is when. The question is who. 
And the question is, what now are you going to do with the issue? So I figured, God told me that I would be speaking. I, I never thought that the same issue would be the message. So God has a way of showing you the end at the beginning. Because frankly, to be honest with you, if he ever showed any of us the, the process, we would never do it. Because it would be too much. <laughs> We'd never do it. So he showed me. So years prior to, it was by this time, it's 2008. I'm sitting in a TV studio about to be interviewed about this book, Musings of the Spirit, that was about to be released. And I am hearing a song. They're playing a song saying, never would have made it. I'd never heard the song before. Sung by a guy named Marvin Sapp. Y'all probably know him. And I heard this song, and it was like a flashback, y'all. I had a flashback. I had a flashback to 12 years before that I had a dream. In that dream, 12 years prior to, I was sitting in that dream. I was married to the most abusive man on the face of the earth. That's what it felt like. Do you understand that I never thought that I could sit in a TV studio being interviewed about a book that I had not yet written? But I had an issue, and the answer was in the issue. Sometimes we overlook that part because we can't divulge it. When you're going through an issue, it's confusing. There are so many things going on. How do you even make sense of it? How do you even get out of it? And see, that's exactly how the devil works. The devil works in confusion. Because in the confusion, you can't see your way out. The last person you're going to think about who could ever solve your problem is God. I hear that so often today. There's so much confusion right now, even politically. There's so much confusion socially. There's so much confusion about is there climate change, is there not climate change? Is it real or is it not real? Is there fake news or is there real news? There's so much confusion. You know the only person who doesn't have an issue right now is the devil. The rest of us, we're so confused. Our marriages can't last because we have issues. We take these same issues and go back and see. When I was going through and I had an issue, there's one thing I was very clear on. I could not get married again unless I had, say it, solved my issue. I could not get back into a relationship with all this baggage. I had to figure out what was it about me? What was so wrong with my mechanics and the way that I had been socialized, the way that I had been raised? to expect a man to solve problems, that I would marry someone who clearly and obviously was abusive. So I told myself that I had to rewire my mind. I had to rechange my mind. I had to find a way to work this issue out so that I didn't repeat the cycle. And more importantly, I had two daughters at the time. I could not afford for that same issue to be repeated. It would have been a waste of a life. It would have been a waste of a lifetime. So I was determined to fix my issue so it wouldn't be a problem to them, nor was it going to be a problem to me in the future. And I'm just here to tell you, I give God all the praise and the glory because I never repeated the issue. Once I got a revelation of what my issue was, that the issues that I had of marrying someone who clearly could not love me, and had no capacity to love me stemmed from my mechanics that I grew up without my father. And because I did not have the role model of a good father, how was I going to have the role model of a good husband? 
Ladies and gentlemen, my friends, I'm telling you, it's very important for us to stay in the lives of our children and be good role models. Not just be there, but be good role models. Exemplify to them and exemplify to them. I can't say it enough. Exemplify to them. Be an example so that they know how to choose partners. Let me tell you this. The greatest decision you will ever make is not where you go to college, despite advertising, is not what car you will buy or which house you will live in or what career you choose. The greatest decision you will ever make is which one? The person you will marry. You can't just meet someone in a bar and base a life on that. That's never ever going to work. What, what happens when you wake up the next day and you have to make decisions around that? Has, has that ever worked for any of us? No. You've got to be conscious of who you choose. Forget all this stuff where the movies tell you, oh, one day uh, it was all hunky-dory and, and like lilies fell out of heaven and you knew that was the one. If that happens to you, praise the Lord. You get married in three months. You just met and it lasts a lifetime. Praise the name of the Lord. Marriage is a decision that we must enter into. We must think about it. How many of us have made those decisions based on improper mechanics. This is why I'm telling you, if you know you're not going to be with that woman forever, don't have children with her. Girl, if you know that you're just with this guy to be a baby daddy, leave that alone. Get up on out of there. Don't bring any children into this world where they don't have good role models because they're going to end up what? Having an issue. And we, the parents, when we realize the mistakes and the missteps that we made and how they come back on the children, it's painful to watch. You ever been down to the jail to bail your son out and you knew it was because you couldn't put that blunt down? You knew it was because you brought a man in who, put, who, who introduced your son to stuff that he shouldn't have. How many times have you seen your daughter in relationships after relationships getting her heart broken end up with one, two, three baby daddies because she is repeating the same issue that you had? Do I have a witness in here? See, I'm not somebody who's going to come and not tell you the truth about the issue. That's what this is about. I'm down to earth. Say down to earth. Just down to earth. I'm just as down to earth as can be. Why? Because I had lived it. See, if they had fixed themselves before they had me, I would not have had an issue. It took me maturing to understand that the things that happened to me in my childhood did not happen because I was a bad kid. It happened because the people who were raising me were not what astute enough. They were not being protective. They were not standing over me and watching over me. Shout out to the people who raised their children. Well, shout out to you by just standing there and being there and being a bastion for your children, holding down jobs and going in every day and making sure your children are protected. Shout out to you all, all the good parents out there. I give you all the props that come because you raised up children who now can turn around and look at you and say, thank God you were a parent to me. You didn't leave them with an issue. The Bible says a good man leaves a legacy for his children. Ask yourself the question, what legacy do your children have? What legacy are you leaving your children? What is it that they're going to say? Are they going to say when it's all over that they're going to say that my parent, my father, my mother was just a vapor on this earth? Or are they going to say they left me with something? What is your issue? I had an issue. I went to Jesus to solve it. I said, somehow, all these gurus, if I go to therapy, 
They're going to tell me that I need to take pills that are going to reduce my ability to function normally. That's what these drugs are. They're synthetic. They're going to rewire you and make you crazy. They're going to make you have hallucinations and make you unable to function in your role as parent. I refused that. I said, there's got to be help for me. I found my help in the pages of this book, the Bible, that is often relegated, often reviled. Even now, some of these folks are going to hear me. Now, believe me, therapy has its place. And there are some people who need drugs to, re- to regulate their hormones so they can function normally. I'll talk about that some other time. But I knew in my situation that what I needed was a reimagining. A re-imaging of myself, a reimagining of who I am and who I am created to be. And so I had to go to the creator, the source, who made me in the first place. You ever had an issue that you had to realize that you had to go talk to mom and dad about this? You ever realize that some folks who grew up in foster care, eventually they want to meet their birth parents? You know why? Because in order to have the proper image of themselves, they have to know who they come from. They want to know what was the issue why you couldn't raise me. Yes, I was raised by good parents, luckily, but what was the issue why you couldn't raise me? What genetic predispositions am I going to have because it's your DNA that flows through me? I had an issue. So I had to get my issue solved. So I had to go back to the source who created me. So I could get it. I found myself. And it took me some time to realize. Because for so often I used to read the story in Matthew chapter 9. It's also found in the book of Luke. And I used to read the story and think that it didn't apply to me. Because it talked about the woman who had an issue of blood. It's in Luke chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 5. And I used to think that it didn't apply to me. Because I didn't have an issue of blood. But I did have an issue. My issue was I had blood coming out of me. I gave birth to two daughters. That's my blood. My issue typographically, you know, like a type and shadow was it took 12 years. Why did it have to take 12 years for all of that stuff to be pressed out of me? That I had to get close to the hem of Jesus's garment. You know, they used to call me a Jesus freak. And I used to feel some type of way. No, man, call me Jesus freak all you want. Because if you never, ever had needed God, you would never know how much that God can help you. I will not let the rocks cry out until I give God the glory. Because that's what saved me. That's who saved me. The words printed in the Bible, my belief in my higher power, God Almighty, Jesus, the Son of God. That's who helped me. That's who helped me to see that the mechanics they had given me did not work and contributed to the distress that I was facing in marrying the wrong person. That's who helped me to see that you can't be rewired. You know, today they have a way of writing you off psychologically and saying, well, you need medication for the rest of time. And people talk about getting saved and being changed and they're like, that's impossible. It saved me. And there are many others like me who can testify that had it not been for the Lord who was on their side, they never would have been delivered out of drugs. They never would have been delivered out of alcoholism. And all the things that we do as individuals that rip our lives apart 
and rip off the next generation. I was intent and passionate about helping me and healing me so that I could heal my children. That's where it started first. Before I thought of you all (laughs) out there and thought of you and your processes, I had to first think of the impact that this would have this issue would have on my children. I didn't want my daughters to grow up and make the same mistakes and marry people who didn't love them and ended up being abused and broken. That's not a way to live. And we hear this messaging from our community that you gotta be with somebody. That even someone who makes you unhappy, even someone who beats you up and abuses you, even someone who you clearly are not compatible with, And they still tell you, you can't show up at Thanksgiving and at the family reunion without someone in the black community, especially. Come on now. You tell, you tell young women that they can't show up without a man because having a man is such a validation of their femininity. It's a wrong messaging. That's how come we can't get rid of teenage pregnancy because we keep repeating the same message. Why don't we just lead them to Jesus? And, and we have to be open as well to receive the message because sometimes our grandmothers were right our grandmothers were telling us sometimes work it out yes some issues need to be worked out and yes there are some that it can't be worked out so you have to move on that's what happened with me i tried to stay there it believe me it was not my intention to be a single parent believe me with everything in me i tried I should have never married him in the first place. But I told myself that what? Love conquers all. And that if I love him enough, he won't hurt me. I had an issue. You know where that negative thinking was coming from? I never had a father. So what happened? I had an issue. I need you to get my book. And for the next two seconds, I'm just going to pray with you right now. And pray that God will come to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray right now that help my sister and my brother. Help them to find you and to recognize they have an issue and that you are their answer. If they could just touch the hem of your garment, I pray right now in Jesus' name that their issue will be healed in the name of Jesus. Go to my website, harrietkamuk.com and send us an Ephesians 3.20 seed. Ephesians 3.20, why? Because... Unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. That's all I ask or think according to the power that works in us. The information is on the screen. The number is on the screen. If you feel like you need me to pray with you, call me at the number on the screen. And I'll be happy to pray with you and lead you and show you how God can help you. And I also want you to go to my website, get my books. And thank you so much for being a part of our ministry. Thank you so much for being there for the family members and for those who need you. Thank you so much, everybody. And be blessed. Thanks so much. Be blessed. I didn't do so well on the closing.